What is up, everybody? It's Tom, TD3. I'm back in action. Three weeks in a row on the podcast, man. Come on. Come on now. <laughs> uh, I'm back in it today. I've been out the last few days. If you follow my vlog on YouTube, which if you don't, you should. Um, you know that I just had another uh, little boy. My wife and I just got back from the hospital yesterday. I can hear you saying congratulations. And you know what? I appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> so this episode is getting recorded the day it comes out, which is a kind of a rarity for me. Usually I like to try to batch it a little bit ahead of time, but say la vie, such is life. This is how it is this week. Um, and my mind has been way elsewhere this week, as you can imagine, focused, uh, solely on family, solely on my new baby boy and my firstborn baby boy, them meeting each other, getting along, making sure my wife is healthy and happy. So not a lot of, uh, focus on what I'm going to talk about this week, but having said all that, I sat down in the chair this morning and was thinking to myself about what I wanted to talk about on the show this week. And I decided that I really am interested in giving some thoughts on the new model, the new way music is getting made uh, and released specifically, not made, released, the, the release schedules that are getting followed these days, and also what the, quote, artist of the future looks like compared to the artist that we have known for so long. So I'm going to pick that apart. I'm going to tell you what all that means in my little head here. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, the artist of the future. What does that look like? Well, let's start with the artist of the past. The artist of the past was somebody who was kind of mysterious. I said, this is my own sort of perception of what the artist of the past is. So take it for what it's worth. Um, my, my kind of take on it is that it, uh, throughout history, the artist, and when I say artist, I mean musician, musical artist, right? The artist of the past is somebody who has a certain amount of mystery about them, who is not publicly accessible, who Originally, we didn't really know much about, especially in the age before social media uh, and just a widespread internet presence. The only things you would know about an artist, like, say, like take Elvis, for example, back in the day, you would only know what you heard on his records, what you saw of his television performances, and any like print media he was in. And then of course, as his career progressed, you see uh, his films and things like that, but you don't get, we didn't get any, I wasn't even alive then. I got nothing. Um, but the public didn't get much inside track on what is Elvis like? What does he like to do? What does he dislike to do? What is like, what does he enjoy eating? How does his creative process work? Who are his friends? What time does he get up? Like all of that stuff, you didn't traditionally have access to that. So the artist of uh, your, is that the word? The artists of your, um, 
were, were kind of shrouded in mystery. They were not publicly accessible. Couple that with the release schedule, the release cycle of uh, history. That was a cycle that saw an artist release material, release an album, uh, release a single, and then an album every two to three to five years, something like that. It was not this constant onslaught of information. It was a very calculated album cycle that would appear in conjunction with a tour, with radio promotion, with television appearances. I'm not going to go all the way back pre-TV, but (laughs) I can't speak to that nearly as much as I can about actual technology. But So you would have a very calculated plan of attack by um, an artist's team to continue to shroud this artist in an air of mystery while promoting one singular body of work at a specific point in time for a specific point of time, and then you would take a break from that. And one of the reasons I think this happened is because on you know labels, you have a stable of artists and bands. So a label's team has to stagger these releases to be able to give attention to each of their, quote, blue chip players, right? So you can't drop, like, I don't, I don't remember who's on what label. Let's just say in like the year 2010, you can't drop Beyonce, Justin Timberlake, Taylor Swift, and Maroon 5's records all on the same day. Like if, if they're on the same label, right? Hypothetically speaking, because you just can't devote that amount of manpower to all four of them at the same time. That's why you stagger them out. That's why you take each one of those artists and band in one case and you put, you know, Timberlake Q1, Taylor Q2, Beyonce Q3, and Maroon 5 Q4 or whatever. That way you can stagger it out or you just do it by year. You do two of them one year in 2010, two of them the next year in 2011. That way you have plenty of manpower and time and energy and focus to make sure all of these things succeed and make sure they all make their money back, right? Um, so that that's how things have gone in our business for a very, very long time. An artist who is somewhat mysterious and completely inaccessible has a little bit of mystery about them, and you have a very scheduled, very planned release cycle. And that still happens. That definitely still happens, and it still works. Um, your big time players like Beyonce, like Timberlake, like Taylor, they have a very regimented, very well thought out release process that works. Now there's certainly more look behind the velvet curtain, so to speak nowadays because of social media, you know, you've got, everybody's got their own personal accounts where they post things. I, I would argue that Beyonce is still completely mysterious, but that's her brand and she does a great job of it. But a lot of other artists and bands and um, artists and bands uh, keep uh, keep their lives much more on display now than they once would have been, even say ten years ago. Um, but that's you know that's a sign of the times. It's a sign of what social media has done. It's allowed us to access much more behind the scenes stuff now. 
speaking of behind the scenes, this whole wave came about in like the 80s and 90s where people really wanted to see, or people were given the opportunity to see the desire, I think, what has always been there, but on a mass scale, uh, behind the scenes footage of bands recording, making albums, uh, a lot of the footage that goes, you know, gets recorded while creativity is happening became a lot more accessible. Concert DVDs, backstage DVDs, VH1's Behind the Music was massive, you know what I mean? And so I think the powers that be realized that audiences wanted to know more about these artists. They wanted to get more behind the scenes and and dispel some of the mystery. And that's because we think of the music we consume and the bands that make that music as a very personal relationship to us. Now, a band that I love may not have a clue who I am, but to me, they're very important in my life. And I have a very personal relationship with their music. So I want to know what's going on in the creation of that music, right? As a, especially as a super fan, any band that I absolutely adore, I'm going to consume everything. Um, and I think that in the eighties and nineties, uh, record labels and artists and bands started to realize, Hey, there's a market for this. We want to, we want to tap into that and, uh, you know, quite frankly, make more money and create more, uh, create stronger brand. Um, now the reason the traditional model, like even today, I'm just going to keep harping on like the gigantic ones, you know, Timberlake and Taylor and Beyonce and stuff like that. Uh, like Beyonce just released uh, the Coachella uh, performance and she can do that. Like she can still do, be kind of mysterious, release a project every so often with a very calculated plan of attack and then release behind the scenes footage at after that, because there is a massive demand for her music, for her product, for who she is. Beyonce has a like rabid, huge fan base of people who are just constantly wanting <clears throat> more of what she does so she can afford to leave them wanting, right? Me, TD3, I do not. <laughs> so as a younger... Um, like less known artist, I have to do things a little differently. If I released an album next year and just spent all this time talking about it, I mean, my mom would be pumped, but <laughs> like the world isn't just waiting with bated breath for the next TD3 release. It's not how it works. I'm not to that point yet. Um, so what works for the gigantic artist's doesn't work for the every man or the every woman. Uh, so the release cycle has changed, is changing, has to change. And the, the role of an artist, the persona of an artist is changing with that. And it should, it needs to. I believe the role of an artist upcoming and moving forward is one who is much less shrouded in mystery and much more accessible. Take uh, Khaled, for example. 
I still don't know if it's Khaled or Khaled. I'm just going to say Khaled and uh, sound like an idiot if I'm saying it wrong. So I apologize. But just take him, for example. He just dropped arguably the biggest record of 2019 not too long ago. It's massive. It is killed. I think it's taken him to the top of the Spotify charts. He's the number one listened to artist in the world, or at least was last time I checked. I follow him on uh, social media. And dude, he's constantly just like saying what's up, checking in, normal life, Instagram stories, tweeting, talking to people on Twitter. He's not just like, hey, tickets for sale, nothing. He's constantly replying to people, constantly having dialogue. He is accessible. Now, does he talk to everybody all the time? No, because there are literally millions of people who are tweeting at him. He can't get back to everybody. That's how it works. When you when you hit critical mass, you lose the ability, you lose the time in your day to talk to every single person on every single format every single time. But he does his best. He's constantly maintaining that accessibility. And he is one of the biggest artists on the planet now. But he also was doing that on the come up. So he has created an a brand as an artist of your friend who makes music. And this is the artist of the future. He is a great representation of the artist of the future. An accessible, less mysterious person or group who constantly is making music. Now, he's still bound. He's one example of kind of what the artist of the future looks like in the ter- in the realm of like accessibility. But his release cycle is definitely still dictated by label because he just dropped a full length. Uh, I don't remember what the last one he dropped was, but it's been a minute. But I think for the independent artist, that changes too, because we can't afford to do what the big dogs are doing. What works for a million dollar business doesn't work for a $10,000 business, right? So I think the release cycle of the future is simply constant. Releasing a song a week, a song a month, a song every two weeks, a song as often as you possibly can. Should you do records and EPs? Definitely, when they make sense. But I think the place to start is a song on a regular basis, constantly working on music, constantly releasing that music, constantly hitting publish. Let's just take myself, for example. I, in the realm of artistry and fame and musicianship and you know, an unknown. So I have to work for my food, right? When you're hungry, you have to go looking. And I do my best to release a song, a new song every two weeks. I respond to every single message I get on every single platform that I'm on. And I do a daily vlog, a behind the scenes quote, if you will, just access point to my life and my creative process. And that's a third thing. So if you remember back a few minutes ago, I was talking about the artists of the past in like the 80s and 90s was mysterious, very regimented release cycle, and after the fact, glimpse into the creative process behind the scenes because that's what people want to see. Well, I think the way that I'm doing it is the current way to be approaching that. And that's not be mysterious, release once every once in a while, and show them the process after the fact. I think it's be accessible, constantly releasing, constantly creating, and constantly letting people behind the scenes every single time. And that's what I try to do. The vlog is 
an access point for behind the scenes so you can see exactly what I'm doing. Social media is an access point for for accessibility and relationship. And then there is constantly music coming out. So those three work in conjunction together. And my hope is that it will be the snowball effect is that one will beget the other will beget the other. And so far with my limited amount of data and certainly much smaller scale than most, it is working. These things actually work. People, when they listen to a song I release, now can go back for the past two weeks and watch me make that song because it's right there and I did it in real time. Or if they've been watching along the whole time and that song comes out, they can be like, oh, I remember this is what he did there and I can hear that and that's really cool. So I think that is the model of the artist of the future, the release cycle of the future. I just, I believe that accessibility and relationship are the things that are the most important now. Certain, like, so let's just not kid our, let's not kid ourselves. Certainly all of this is built on the back of great art and great work. If I'm releasing crap music, then it doesn't matter. Right. And in my, uh, subjective opinion, I think that the music I've put out thus far certainly still leaves something to be desired, which is why it hasn't popped off yet. And that's fine. This is my process. I'm willing to show the ugly of my process, the getting there, because I believe that I will continue to get better each time. And I believe that I have continued to get better each time. Um, and so I think that, I think this is the model. I think that we need to constantly be making and constantly be showing. And one of the reasons I want to give an argument for the showing in real time, the vlogging, whatever. Um, if you go on YouTube, what are the things that do really well for the most part? Uh, real personality, uh, people who have kind of ongoing shows and things where they sh showcasing a lot of personality, which if you're an artist, you likely have in spades. Uh, How-to videos. How-to videos are huge. You want to learn how to do something, YouTube is the jam. I have learned more about recording software on YouTube than I have anywhere else. Uh, my, my career is built in large part on YouTube uh, or on the back of what I've learned on YouTube. And if you are filming your recording process, your creative process, that is quite literally a constant ongoing how-to video, right? And then polished content, your music videos, uh, your in-studio performance videos, definitely be doing those. Um, and then vlogs. Again, that's personality. So as an artist, you likely have an attraction about your personality and who you are, uh, an, infec an infectiousness if you will, that you can display or learn to display on camera. And then behind the scenes recording is a constant how-to. So you're hitting a one-two on the back of what is already working on YouTube to begin with, on social media, really. Um, so that's my argument for that. I, I just think that, I know I'm subjective, but I think the method that I'm seeking to apply, seeking to put forth into effect right now, which is constant releasing of music, constantly showing the process and constantly being acceptable and having conversations. I think that is the model for the artist of the future and the release cycle of the future. And I would not be surprised if I think that ultimately, I'm going to say it, I wouldn't be surprised if 
we didn't see in the next five to 10 major artists following that process as well, because what's going to happen is like, I'm not saying it'll be me, but take someone like me who's doing it this way, continues to build and grow and build and grow and get signed to a big label for a deal that makes sense. And that label says, okay, here's how we're going to do it. And I would say, no, I'm going to continue to do it this way because this is what's working and we're going to do it all in real time. And the results will be far bigger than they would be if we staggered it like the days of old. Because artists who get signed are going to be artists who have built their careers on the back of this style process. And that's going to be what their audience and their fan base has come to expect and come to love about them. And so to change that when you get to a certain status is going to make no sense anymore. That's the artistry of the future. That's what the artist of the future is going to look like. And that's what the process of the future is going to look like. And I think it's happening now. We just haven't seen it at a completely global scale yet. So those are my thoughts for today. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for being here. And uh, I will catch you guys next week. Peace. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Sounds of the Future. Hey, if you like this episode, hit me up on Twitter at Tom Dupree the Third. That's at T O M D U P R E E I I I. Shoot me a tweet and let me know what you thought. Thanks.